This is the Gambling Gauchos. You're listening to the Gambling Gauchos. Talking Texas Tech, betting on the Big 12 and beyond. We've got everything you need, money lines, memes, and matadors. Well, you want to quit, Ethan? That'll be the day. Now, here's Kyle Jacobson and Rob Bro, the money line matadors, the casino cowboys, the parlay picadors. You see, in this world, there's two kinds of people, my friend. Those with loaded guns, and those who dig. You dig. The Gambling Gauchos. Oh, and one more thing. It's all West Texas. It always has been. Welcome into the Gambling Gauchos. I'm Rob Bro. He's Kyle Jacobson. Theme music aficionado. The stream says, hey, ladies, to us. So, Sup, ladies. Sup, ladies. I know you're not a pro wrestling guy. Do you know who Val Venus is? No. I'm not even going to attempt to explain who Val Venus is, but to the listeners who know, they know. We're in the Cardinal Sports Center studio this week. Kyle has his Gambling Gauchos shirt on, his hat on. I've got a hat on. Someone texted me earlier today, will the Black Hats be back in stock for the holiday season? People trying to buy Christmas gifts out of stock. So we're going to have to print hats for like a third or fourth time. Go ahead and go online, mylubbocksports.com. That's not the website. Wait, is it? I think you said my love My Cardinal Sports. <laughs> not even close. Cardinalsports.com. Uh, go find the just go find Google Cardinal Sports Lubbock. Find the website. Uh, go ahead and purchase the the it's all West Texas the Gambling Gaucho shirt. The white hats are in stock. Don't miss out. Don't miss out. It goes fast. Should we do a run of red hats? Yeah, maybe if we um, do a black and white logo. I don't know. But to make the red and the logo white, and then the, put them on red hats. The white hat was the first version. People were like, can you do black? And if they all. S- they all sell well, and people want to yeah. diversify. They could go with a red hat. We could, yeah, we could do a, a white background. I don't know if you want to put red on red. I mean, we kind of talk about that when you're when you're doing the red helmets on red uniforms. Yeah, but we are the Red Raiders. We are the Red Raiders. I was talking about that on my radio program today. On the Rob Bro Show. On the Rob Bro Show, weekdays, one p.m. KKM. Welcome back. It's good to be back. You know what's. I've been on, I never left KKM.com. I just had the Rob Bro show till March 20 something, 2020, got canceled. Right. It is different though, being back in the chair weekdays, having the people there with you, touching Lubbock. Uh, do we announce that uh, we're going to do something special on Fridays or? I don't really think it's that special. But it's special. Yeah, I, I work half days at my real job. Um, over at City Hall. 
Yeah. That's not where I work. But, As the uh, vice president of Lubbock, yeah. I work half days on Friday, so I might be able to... I don't know... Uh, can I bring a sandwich or yeah, do I have yeah. to skip lunch? No, or you can bring a sandwich. Work? Okay. I might be a little late, but... Sure. Yeah, tires screeching in the parking lot. I might be there at 105, 110. Coming in hot. Yeah. Front door should be open uh, in the weekdays. Okay. Generally, you have to call someone and have to get let in. <laughs> there are singles of people that are going to tune in just because I'm oh, joining you. At like, least a dozen. Like, probably seven. Well, Miss Mo. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, Nobody yeah. knows who that is. Okay. Not doxing anybody. Yeah. The Mo you know. The Mo you know. She'll, Rob, she'll Rob really enjoy that I just gave her a shout out, by the way. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe she doesn't want that out there, that she listens to you. Maybe, she, maybe she's ashamed. I'll let I, you know. I think she might be proud of you. We are way off the rails. It's the gambling gauchos. What, what rails? I mean, we're playing what t- rails do we have? a top 16 team in the country this week. Oh, you guys aren't focused. You're tweeting about TCU. You're not focused about the game. We're a podcast. We don't have to be focused, you nimrods. And and yeah, we're a podcast. We're about to go for 60 minutes or whatever. We can't send one tweet about TCU up. Where we live rent-free in your minds. You guys tweet about rent us free. almost as much as you tweet about tech. Like, rent-free. That is so objectively not true. And like, okay, so I tweeted about Kansas State Helmets today. Yeah. Oh, rent-free. Is that rent-free? Well, no, because it was positive. <laughs> you, you tweeted the bridge. Like, is Iowa State rent-free in our heads? That bridge is. Think about that bridge every day. I was really high on Blake Shapin coming into the season. Is Baylor rent-free in my mind? No, again, positive. It's only negative Okay, rent-free, yeah. Okay. You're yeah, paying dues on the rest with your uh, appreciation. Okay. Well, yeah. and here's the other thing. This is funny to me, is the people who don't follow us, don't listen to us. Mm-hmm. Only see one tweet. And then they're like, oh, this the rare time the gauchos say something positive about TCU. Like, no, if you followed us, yeah, you would know that, at least I said, you, were, you had more mixed feelings on this. I was impressed by their win over Colorado. We tweeted about their TV number twice. I liked their uniform. Like, since the cactus thing, I don't think we've beefed with TCU. There's not and, enough fans on Twitter for TCU to beef with. And then we make fun of an objectively bad video yeah. that their own fan base is embarrassed by. It's, oh, you guys are always talking about us. The, Give me a break. The video was not just bad because it was riffram, boobah, bimbity booby. Lickety lickety zoo zoo. Yeah. It was an objectively bad video. Yeah. That featured lawnmowers. And the track that you're supposed to hide when you use the 360 camera. Yeah. It was an objectively terrible video. They were shooting still video with the 3D track, the the 360 track still there. Even before we helped that go viral and fan bases all across the country saw how embarrassing it was, the initial replies to the tweet that came from a TCU fan account was like, geez, did we just throw this together last minute? This isn't very good. I hope they get a new one. Like, they don't even like it. Yeah. And then we sent one tweet about it. It's, oh, you guys are obsessed with it. it it's laughable. By the way, that uh, TCU burner account that tweeted that video. It's gone. He let it get to 500,000 views or something crazy before he took it down. I thought about screen recording it because I knew that was going to happen. Yeah. And I just didn't care enough to do it. Me neither. I'm sure it's out there somewhere else. But if I ever need to, you know, have a nightmare again, I'll just think about zoom, zoom, zibbity z. Lickety lickety boo boo bee and and be done. <laughs> so bad. And I knew they did that. I knew I've I've heard it, Riffram, whatever. I've seen it. That video made it so much worse. Yeah, it's bad. 
It's bad. I think my favorite was the guy who was like, you guys are playing the number 16 team in the country this week, and you're focused on TCU. I was like, dude, we do three podcasts a week, totaling three-plus hours, and we do the Rob Bro College Tailgate show together. You're on the radio two hours a day. We spent Three hours a day. And you're about to add another show uh, with me? Yeah. We spent 60 seconds typing up one tweet about TCU, and you actually think that that is some sort of obsession. I don't know that it even took 60 seconds. I I immediately thought of the layout. Yeah. I'll tell you what. And, so, and somebody tried did to correct your spelling on that. I did debate. Did they? Yeah, some guy quoted me. He was like, what? With an asterisk. I was like, It was Dude. a Hank Hill. Yeah. yeah. Even, even I got it. What? Right. Why are you saying what? Saying what? Weird. Yeah. The code word is whiskey. Why am I saying what? Weird. Where do you get off? <laughs> anyway. That's one of the best movies of all time, by the way. I'll allow it. Top five comedy. <laughs> I'll allow it. Okay. It's a good movie. <laughs> um, anyways, now that we just uh, spent 10 more, <laughs> 10 more minutes on TCU, uh, this off the text line, bring back the icy gray uniform. Oh, the gray unis. What? Uh, we, don't, we don't need to do that. No. Uh, it is rent-free. I don't know. Just turn this on. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. He was joking. Uh, and then great flick. Yeah, Hot Rod is top five. I, it's so good. One more thing, and then I'll let it go. Yeah. I think it's funny when an individual fan base is like, you're tweeting about us. I'm like, have you seen our Twitter account yeah. over the last? Like, that was our brand all summer, was putting a list with every single Big 12 school on it. Right. Every day. Like, that's, we talk about the entire conference. I will say this, too. You and I, similar in a lot of ways. <clears throat> I think we generally say we're simpatico. That's the word you like to use. Um, similar uh, thought processes, processy. We're also very different, I would say, in a lot of ways. People have compared us to the odd couple. I, I will say this, though. We're both petty individuals. <laughs> Online. Online. On Twitter. We can be. We hold grudges. On Twitter. And we're f- very stubborn. I'm stubborn. Kyle, you... Would you say you're stubborn? I think you're being a little stubborn if you don't say you're stubborn. Right. Yeah, that's a can't win. If you don't want us to talk about you, don't say we're talking about you too much because then we will double down Okay. and talk about you more. That's another thing. So at the same time or the same morning, I tweeted notable Big 12 TV numbers. Yeah. Not picking on anybody. I was like, okay, these are the interesting numbers from the Power 5 on Power 5 matchups. And a TCU fan tries to chirp and say, oh, this Refram video is going to get more viewers than Tech versus Houston. Right. I could have blown it up. I could have quote tweeted him. I didn't. I just replied. I said, you're trying to dunk on this FS1 broadcast, but your last two games on FS1 barely eclipse our one game on Fox Sports 1. And then somebody else is like, they, they tried to basically respond as if, like, I wouldn't let it go or what. I was like, no, I'm responding to you guys. Y'all came in here trying to chirp. I set you straight with some facts. Why are you doubling and, down And now you're else? mad about it. Yeah. All I did was put the data out there. You tried to come chirp about viewership, and your game against SMU, an in-state group of five school, got about 150,000. You know, we passed that by four times when we played a group of five Texas team. Yeah. So don't come chirp at me. So NC State is hosting Texas Tech this week. It's a sold-out game. Um, I, I would assume NC State sells out without 
Texas Tech, but I also think that probably a pretty good contingent of Texas Tech fans are going. They generally do. Texas Tech is a fan base that travels well. Uh, NC State, a top 16 team, as you said, the 16th team in the, the latest AP poll. Uh, their head coach has been there a decade. Their defensive coordinator came from the Big 12, uh, gave a lot of teams trouble while he was in the Big 12. Uh, kind of an underrated unit his entire time at West Virginia. And really, the last time West Virginia was markedly good, he was the defensive coordinator there. So that combo, it, it kind of has added up to the best run in NC State's last decade. They're kind of on a, a rise throughout the decade. This is probably their best team. They have 17 returning starters. Um, Some legitimate talent. The quarterback has been labeled as a, a Josh Allen-esque talent. I don't know if I would go that far, uh, but he certainly has flashed. Um, they played George, uh, Charleston Southern last week, beat him 55 to something, maybe zero. Um, you had a tough game against Houston at home. Overall thoughts, maybe on just the matchup in, in a broad sense of the word. Yeah, I've got, I guess, several. I'll just go in random order and chime in whenever you want, and eventually we'll cover all the ground we need to. I tried to watch their game versus ECU just to kind of look at their only real reliable data point. I don't take much away from FCS games. They almost lost. That game was on the road versus ECU. They didn't score in the second half. If not for a missed extra point, it would have gone to overtime. If not for a missed field goal, North Carolina State would have lost. Part of the reason they were – were even in the game in the second half was a blocked punt. So as renowned as their quarterback comes and with all their returning starters, offense really struggled against ECU, which I don't think is a really high caliber group of five program or group of five defense. I will say just like I test their quarterback can spin it. He is a, he has a live arm. I mean, which is why they say he's like Josh Allen. Last season, they were saying on the broadcast, last season he became the fifth quarterback since 2000 or maybe fifth quarterback ever or something like that to throw for 35 touchdowns and five or fewer interceptions in the same season. He was on that list with Justin Fields. Um, was Deshaun Watson one of them? An another first-round quarterback. Yeah. And, well, you massage the numbers and get there. And Cody Kessler. <laughs> Rob. Cody Kessler, I think, was like the least successful pro quarterback who was on that list. So Cody I mean, Kessler, yeah, he's in, he's in Eagles legend. It's in pretty rare company. Browns, um, Eagles. I think he bounced around both. But anyway, Devin Leary, their offensive style, which I'll get to, their offensive coordinator Tim Beck, I don't think really pushes the ball downfield very much. But if they wanted to, and if a guy is open up the seam, Leary can definitely make you pay. He's got he's got the arm to make all the throws. So you cannot have coverage lapses or he will absolutely make you pay. But going back to the ECU game and their struggles, just want to recap their drives because, again, they had a blocked punt in the end zone that gave them seven of their 21 points. So they had two scoring drives. I'm just going to go through in chronological order NC State's drives versus ECU two weeks ago. Three and out, three and out, eight plays for 64 yards, touchdown. 
three and out, five and out, uh, 12 plays, 85 yards, and a touchdown. That was the last time they scored. Uh, end of half, they they, were, they ran one play and then went to halftime. They come back out in the second half, six plays, punt, 12 plays, 74 yards. They fumble at the goal line. So actually in that respect, NC State was a lot closer to having 28 points instead of 21. Six plays, turnover on downs, uh, two plays, interception, three and out, end of game. A lot of really bad possessions sprinkled in there. For as much as their quarterback impressed me when they were able to move the ball and when he did throw it downfield, I mean, more than half those possessions are turnover on downs, uh, interception, or three and out. When Tim Beck was offensive coordinator at Texas from 2017 through 2019, they had pretty average offenses. Yeah, like to, to say the least, yeah. 56th, 61st in scoring offense nationally. And that's in a conference where, you know, allegedly you have more talent than everybody else. You should be able to punch down 11 times on your schedule. And yeah, they were apparently incapable of that. I went on a podcast with a, an, an NC State fan called the Red and White Podcast to, to preview this game. And he said, yeah, that's kind of been our MO on offense, much to the chagrin of the fan base who wants to see Devin Leary just – you know, they want him to, to let it fly. Right. But Tim Beck calls all these short, intermediate screens. So in that respect, I actually think that kind of what they're trying to do on offense might match up well with your defense. I think your DBs are better um, on short distances, up by the line of scrimmage, where I'm more concerned about them is downfield. Yes. And their quarterback can make you pay, but I don't know if they're going to really try to do that unless they sort of change their identity a little bit this game. Yeah, and what's what's crazy is um, you look at the stats, and generally when you when you hear a when you hear an offense doesn't go downfield and is is not able to go downfield, you kind of look at maybe seven seven yards per attempt, which is really low. Um, his is right at eight. It was nine point one last year. Um, nine point one is not bad, uh, but he's had at least a hundred attempts in. You know, three straight seasons coming into this one, he'll get there unless he's hurt early. He's already thrown it 60 times this year. Uh, 210 attempts as a freshman, 1,200 yards, eight touchdowns, five interceptions, 48% completion. A little better as a sophomore, though, it's COVID season, only four games, 60% completion. Then he had 65% completion last year. Uh, through ECU, which he really struggled against ECU, and then Charlotte, he's just fifty six point nine percent completion. Mm-hmm. Um, again, Josh Allen, he's not Josh Allen's size though. He's a, he's kind no. of a small guy. He's listed at I think six one two hundred, so he's probably yeah two ten five eleven and a half one ninety five. Yeah, and I would never wish for anybody to get hurt. You want to no. play everybody at their best, but I mean I can't help but wonder. So, I mean, you're you're blessed to have a guy like Donovan who's incredibly right. durable. He's yes. got the frame for it. Well, you started with a guy who wasn't Yeah, I mean, durable. Yeah, I think Shuck has the frame, but unfortunately has been injured two seasons in a row. But, I mean, I, I can't help but wonder if, if Tyree Wilson gets off a block and 6'6", 275 gets to tee off on this guy, I don't know. I'm just saying that that could be a factor. Um, he's not built anywhere near like Josh Allen in terms of his physical, um, his measurements and frame. The other thing I'll say, they they have a, a solid slot receiver. His name is um, Thayer, I think. Thatcher? Thatch? Thayer? Pulling it up. Um, 
Thayer Thomas is their top receiver. He's a slot guy. Their, I guess, tight end, Penix, is out. And I don't it doesn't look like they've got a ton of juice on the outside. I don't I don't think they have anybody who's as individually talented as Tank Dell was. I think you're gonna play much better receiving cores in the Big Twelve. I, I don't know if you have anybody as individually talented as Tank Dell. Obviously, you have some highlights. I think West Virginia obviously has shown they have one great receiver. I think Xavier, Xavier Worthy, Worthy yeah. is very good. I don't know if he's as electric as Dell. But I don't I don't look at this NC State roster, unless I'm missing something and I'm not overly familiar with this program, but I don't see two or three legitimate threats to beat you deep or to beat you over and over in one-on-one coverage. So I, I, I kind of hope you just let them – in a way, play to their strength. Like you can live with some short, intermediate passes, and then bow up, force a punt, force a field goal, and I think keep this game extremely competitive. They they don't strike me as the kind of team that can exploit what you're trying to do defensively. With the one caveat I'll mention, if you are really aggressive and they have some well timed screens and well executed screens, I think that could do you in. It, it certainly did against Houston a few times. I was about to say you you have the book right. But if you have the book to beat Texas Tech, that also includes, you know, shutting them out in the second half uh, and a lot of defensive action. Because if you look at what Houston did, it's 13 points in the regular, in regulation. I mean, it's it's not like you can look at, I mean, if you look at what Murray State did and had success on, it's, hey, scramble until someone's open and chunk it deep. Yeah. And that's not a sustainable uh, business model against what Texas Tech is bringing. Now, if I told you you could either see a huge offensive output or another game like the defense had against Houston, what would you prefer? Just moving forward. Like for this game or for the season? Well, let's start with this game. It's next. You can't be looking around to the season here, Kyle. This is a very important podcast we're doing where we have to focus on each game coming up and we can't talk yeah. about anything else. You and I can't get ahead of ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do not want to get ahead of ourselves. We don't want to have a mental lapse and overlook an opponent. It, I, so that was asked of me on that podcast that I joined. He was like, do you think y'all are overlooking NC State looking ahead to Texas? And I was like, no, we're going on the road to play a top 20 team. You know, I think they're, I think they're pretty focused on that if I had to guess, but... I, I think I, – I just don't have a ton of faith that Tim Beck and the way this offense is constructed, I think they can be efficient. Can they win a shootout? I don't think so, but I also don't want Donovan to be in that spot where we're throwing the ball all over trying to get to 45 points, 48 points to win the game. Right. So I'm kind of not really comfortable with either. But, you know, if, if Donovan is playing at his best and, you know – I, I I can't believe in some ways that this is only his sixth start because such Let, a small sample size. Yeah, to look when he's at. three and two, let's say it this way: you win either way. Texas Tech wins this weekend. Would you rather see uh, a shootout where you outduel somebody and Donovan, you know, goes? I'd, I'd rather see a low scoring okay. win. Yeah, and and all me too because that translates better to the Big Twelve. And I was just going to say, if if people want to file this away for later. I think a really good comp for NC State in the Big 12 is Baylor. NC State returns four of their five starting offensive linemen. Um, they don't wow you with the talent at the skill positions, besides their quarterback. But that, that's kind of the knock on Baylor. Right? They have a great offensive line. We don't know what they have in terms of who's their best receiver. Do they have a running back who can be a workhorse? And then I think a you know a just solid all-around defense, coaching staff. So I think – 
the way this, this NC State team is built and the way they're going to try to win games is going to be really similar to what you'll see later in the season versus Baylor. Yeah, and you look at their running backs, uh, 7.1 yards per carry for for a guy who has 20 carries, 4.1, 4.3. Uh, and again, a lot of those big carries come against, you know, the team that you don't really worry about. Um, both of you have similar schedules. Um, just kind of played them opposite, and NC State had to go on the road. But I think NC State ECU is very similar to what Texas Tech Houston is, except for ECU is not joining the ACC next year. Um, probably not as good as Houston, but I think it's similar, you know, kind of a regional group of five versus power five school. I mean, you have to watch out for those. You you had to watch out for Houston, who was not nearly as good as they are this year, two or three years ago when you went to Houston and had to play um, – you know, at, at Houston's stadium, that yeah. little connector box they play in. I'll say this too. It's not a shot at ECU's quarterback, but you can tell he's just a lot less naturally gifted than Donovan. And even he made a few plays that kind of made NC State pay. And I mean, it was a really competitive game all the way down to the wire, which is where I think a lot of this hinges on Donovan. You know, if he, if he turns the ball over three times like he did against Houston, obviously that's a recipe for disaster nine times yeah. out of ten. If he plays – close to his ceiling and plays at a you know markedly higher level than ECU's quarterback. I didn't see a ton from the NC State defense. It just wowed me. Didn't look like they brought a ton of pressure. Three-man front, uh, a lot of times they just brought three. And I think they do mix it up, and I think they will blitz and try to throw some confusing looks at Donovan for sure. That is exactly what Gibson has always done. He you just remember, tries to con- confuse you. C- Cliff and Patrick could not figure him out. Yeah, 2016, you scored, what, 10 points against him? Yeah. And some of that came late. Uh, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Would would Joey call Jeff Trailer to kind of get some scoop on UTSA? Kitley, I think, is probably still very close with Kingsbury Mahomes. I wonder if he calls and just says, hey, you faced this Tony Gibson defense a few times. Obviously, it didn't work out great. A lot of those, you know, can he give me any pointers? And then the other kind of interesting coaching connection is Ruffin is going to be on the opposing sideline. He's what he's like a special assistant to the head coach. Yeah, he's basically like a consultant type role. Yeah. Like I guess similar to what Gary Patterson's supposed to be at Texas. Right. Good for him. Yeah. I mean, he went down there to help his dad who was dealing with some health problems. That's the only reason he went down there. And then he was like, oh, I might as well do some coaching while I'm down here. Well, and he was at ECU all those years as head coach, kind of got to return there for their season opener. So anyway, all that to say their offensive coordinator was a OC in the Big Twelve. Uh, with Texas for three years, they actually had a pretty good amount of success against, well, 2017 Kingsbury beat them, and it was a low-scoring output, but then in 18 and 19, I think. Yeah. Well, and Kidley's doing a lot of the game prep for those games. Yeah. He's here. Hamby was here at that time, too. So it's not like these guys are unfamiliar with what Gibson Mm -hmm. is trying to do. I do want to go through Donovan a bit. Oh, let's do it. Okay. Dude, I before you start, I just I keep watching the Houston game. Yeah. And again, I think the median fan is like, you know, throw the ball faster, quit getting sacked, quit turning the ball. And I just every, I look at it and I see so many plays that just yes. like if he can get it together between the ears. Oh man. You know, if learn, the offensive line can block for half a second longer yeah, on most plays. Learn how to read a defense, he's gonna be so freaking good. There were some plays where he definitely was reading. He just needs to slow that clock down to where He's not afraid he's going to get sacked in two and a half seconds. 
And I think that was a lot of it against Houston. I actually, I think the op- the opposite was, I think the clock wasn't going off fast enough in, in terms of when he needed to leave the pocket. I right. think you can still read a defense when you're rolling out, but there are times I was like, dude, you don't have four seconds. You know, you, you have yeah. two, two and a half, and then you got to start moving. You, you can still find a guy downfield when you're yeah. on the move. But I wish he had three and a half in the pocket. Yeah. That would be nice. But yeah, sorry, go ahead. So top. the first extended action last year against Kansas, he's four for five, and the incompletion would have been a touchdown. A 197.6 rating, six attempts rushing for 37 yards. That's kind of his first extended action. He ran the F over Gavin Potter for the touchdown. He did. If you remember Gavin Potter. We we certainly remember. Did not play against Kansas State, or at least not extended action. He had five rushing attempts, a lot of them the same play. Thank goodness he didn't, right? Sweep right. Yeah, thanks. thank goodness he didn't. And then he gets Oklahoma. Comes in late in the second quarter. Leads you to a position to kick a field goal. You can't get the field goal unit on. Then throughout the second half, he throws one pick, has one touchdown, which is a scramble drill. He keeps his eyes down the field. He reads downfield, finds J.J. Sparkman, I believe. I think so. 17 of 22, 192 yards, he touchdown was, interception. He was 17 of 22 in Norman last year? 77.3%. I did not remember that. So you watch that game and you say, why the hell... Has this guy not been playing, right? Okay. You say that at the time. At the time, I was looking at the schedule. I was like, okay, I don't think Henry Columbi gets you to your ceiling as a team. I think Donovan might have a lower floor. But at the time, I was like, you know what? Going to Lawrence would be a perfect time to unveil a new starter. Yes. Because you're not going to start a guy for his first career start in Norman. You obviously didn't do it for the case taking. So I was like, Norman should have been start number three. Yep. But again, thank goodness it wasn't. Otherwise, you probably would have beaten Kansas State. Wouldn't have Joey McGuire right now. And I, I think in the long run, it's better. All right, so then you have Iowa State, which you probably drop if you have Matt Wells. So you might have still had Joey McGuire. Uh, but you really only needed the one more win to get the bowl. You could have been 6-3 and three at that point. Anyways, Iowa State, 25-32. 322 yards, three touchdowns, one pick, 14 rushing attempts, 50 yards. Pick was not his fault either. If and you the pick was not his fault. Kuntz had it. When he hit the ground, the ball kind of popped back up into the air. It was a weird fumble. I thought he was down. Um, then they uh, they either stayed with the call or reversed it. Now Because that was, you know, the Big 12 refs tried to you got rip us off. Yeah. like eight times that game. Oh, it's not going to be up. Was that when the uh, Big 12 refs tried to rip us off and we won anyway? Then you go to Oklahoma State. Worst game of Donovan's career. Maybe he's ever played high school, peewee. 9 of 29, 31%. 10 rushes, minus 15 yards. So that was his second career start. Second career start. Against the best defense in the country. Third career extended action. Because I'm going to give a full half against Oklahoma's extended action. Sonny Cumbie did him no favors in that game. I am a big Sonny Cumbie fan. Sonny Cumbie forever. That 9 or 29 was 20 deep shots that he missed. If you're not in sync, Sonny, maybe throw it 
to the sideline. Maybe give them a slant or two. I don't know. That was a rough game for both quarterback and um, offensive coordinator. Yeah, and if you were if you had receivers just cooking guys downfield, maybe it would have worked better. Yeah, and you did have some open shots that he missed. Oklahoma but for State. some reason, that's the game that sticks in a lot of people's minds. Yeah, and and Oklahoma State has a good defense. They they rarely get cooked. Yeah, you know, and it, they have a bunch of pass rushers. If you are looking for something to get cooked. I would head over to the barbecue they're cooking up at Rahino. Rahino Barbecue, located in Olton. They're going to be in Plainview on Saturday this week. So if you want to get some barbecue before the game, uh, if you're not in Raleigh, I think they're also going to be in Lubbock on Thursday over at Cardinals, I believe. Double check on their socials at Rahino BBQ. Give them a follow there. Best barbecue in West Texas. I'll let you continue with your Donovan analysis. I just wanted to get an ad read in there. And then you go to Baylor. And I thought he outdueled Blake Shapin, who uh, many pegged as the quarterback of the future in the Big 12 coming into this season. Uh, and you look back at that game, Jonathan Garibay, two weeks after nailing a 62-yard field goal for the win, has an opportunity to hit a 53-yard field goal, a little bit of rain, to tie the game and go to overtime. There was also- and, and Donovan had a, a great final drive to get you in field goal position. A lot of self-inflicted wounds j- just by the team. I think there was some really untimely penalties. Uh, Sir Roderick fumbled early in the game yep. on a play where he shouldn't have. and th- You felt like you had some missed opportunities there where, yeah, a couple plays go a different way, and you're either playing them in overtime or maybe beating them in regulation. They were the number eight team in the country at their place. Yep. And then you go to Mississippi State, the bowl game. Again, first half, Oklahoma State. Second half, it clicks Iowa State. And he's finally hitting deep shots. And I think once you get one connected, you have a little more confidence. Um, But uh, overall, you look at all those games, he never threw it more than 32 times. His career high is 322 yards. Never threw more than one interception. Um, and then you come to the Houston game and he throws it 58 times, 350 yards. Which it would have been 65 times if yeah. he didn't get sacked and, and have to run so much. And he ran it 21 times. I mean, Donovan played two games for himself on Saturday. Yeah. And people were wondering, well, how do you have a 31 QBR and get Offensive Player of the Week? Because he clutched up. Now, if I was voting, I would have given it to Jalen Daniels. Jalen Daniels beats West Virginia, played a Big 12 team, won at the end. But Donovan Smith clutching up against Houston, also a Big 12 team, down the stretch proved to me more than what anybody else did the weekend. Because you also see in the same weekend, Blake Chapin just freeze. You know freeze what? so much that they didn't even want to give him the ball at the end of the game. You know what the narrative has coalesced around about Donovan after that Houston game? Have you heard the word used to describe him by people both in and outside Texas Tech circles? Athlete? Gamer. Oh, yeah. And you oh, know what, in a positive way. Yes, now, gamer. Now, now, what do you think a gamer is when you hear that term? 
Yeah, somebody who's uh, not very good until key situations and then always shows up. Yeah, like a grind it out but get it done. Like you wouldn't call Peyton Manning a gamer. No. Even though he's an elite quarterback. No, Johnny Manziel was a gamer. Yeah. He rolled out a Baker Mayfield gamer. So maybe not all the in, maybe not all the tangibles, but right. all the intangibles. So say what you want about, you know, Donovan's five or ten worst plays out of those eighty five times they put the ball in his hands. Yeah. When it counted and you had the ball with thirty eight seconds left, he helped get you into field goal range. Dog. And then in double overtime, he crosses the goal line and you win the game. Dog. So again, we can we can bitch and moan about mistakes made by a guy in his fifth career start. But I also saw some damn good throws and plays in high pressure situations, like lose the game if you don't get twenty yards here type situations. And he got it done. So I hope he gets a little more polished as time goes on, and I'm sure he will with experience. Yeah. You can't get away with three turnovers every game. But the other stuff that flashes positive, it's like, dude, buy stock now. Also had some uh, and I, you know, I blame myself. I was on Facebook. Yeah, Re- that's your fault. Reading some comments. Oh. And some of the comments in there were like, well, if they play like they did against Houston, they're gonna get their ass kicked by Texas. Why? You mean giving up 13 points to a team in regulations terrible? You mean a quarterback bouncing back from three bad throws is terrible? He, he had more good throws than bad. Y'all realize that, right? Taj averaged four and a half yards per carry on a day where your offensive line was obliterated. And nobody else has gotten better than two yards per carry against that defense. Their biggest plays were from one guy. Nobody else could do anything. They did not score a single point that wasn't aided by a missed call or them just starting with excellent field position, like starting in field goal range. Had they started all their drives at the 25, for whatever reason, touchback or just great punts, and and you hadn't turned the ball over? Houston would have scored six points in regulation, maybe. Kyle's favorite TCU Twitter account does a thing where it's, um, it's a graph. And it's, uh, did you get beat bad, as bad as you thought you got beat? And Texas Tech beat Houston soundly. It uh, just was the score that didn't make sense. How did you see that tweet? Uh, I've got a, I've got another account that I could look at because I, I am blocked. Yeah. I wasn't even looking for it. I was just on the station account. I don't have a burner. I was on the station account doing some business. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, and I saw that uh, graph. I thought you would like that. And and that was my thought. I don't know if I really fessed up to this. I'm going to half-heartedly fess up to it. Before the Houston game, I was extremely confident. I thought you'd win by multiple scores. Yeah, 24, I think you said. And when it was 17-3 to after the first half, and things started clicking in the second quarter. Oh, yeah, I thought you were going to dominate. Here we go. It's over. You know, it'll be 41-17 to when it's over, and Mm -hmm. cha-ching. Yeah, they'll score a couple late. And obviously, a few plays not going your way prevented that, but... You still moved the ball in the second half. Like you, mm-hmm. you, had, you had that Jaron Bradley drop in the end zone. You had a missed field goal. Um, so I, I think I got the spirit of the prediction mostly correct, even though it was an overtime game and not a blowout like I thought it would be. So I, I think it, yeah, it just comes down to those. Can you fine tune it? Can you step on the throat when you got the shot to do so? And that, and that was what was missing, even though you did find a way to grind it out and win, which I was really impressed by. Question from the stream, is NC State the Texas Tech of the ACC? 
I think I've heard a few people say this. In some ways. Yeah. Um, NC State has – they hold some distinction. They've never appeared in a conference championship game for football. They've never – they haven't won a basketball conference championship or a baseball conference championship going back to some certain date. Right. And, like, they're the only Power 5 school with a drought in those three sports of that nature in that time span. Which, they're not bad at any right. of those sports. Right, yeah. They're just kind of, like, mediocre in most of them. They, have a, they had a really good baseball team. That's probably the the When they the got screwed twice out of the tournament, out. yeah. Uh, have some basketball history, but they kind of get overshadowed by Duke and UNC. Well, they got Ronad in 2020 out of the tournament. Yeah. And then their next season, they were, like, the first one out. Yeah, can kind of just like a, a solid athletic I mean, mean, program. Because I hear like Ole Miss is the Texas Tech of – or like Arizona State's know. the Texas Tech of the Pac-12. it depends 12, on what people I, mean by that. And I feel yeah. like what it means to be Texas Tech has changed in the last five years. Oh, yeah, for like, for sure. You've been to Omaha multiple times. You've been to a Final Four. You've been to two Elite yeah. Eights. Like it, what does that mean now? You want to track like national championship? <laughs> yeah, you like to party. Yeah, is that, I mean, for real, like, like that's what I think of like their fan bases like Texas Tech's. I don't know. Uh, think about this. Cliff coached Johnny to a Heisman. Coached Baker, recruited Baker, who went on one on win to win one. I don't know if he really recruited him. Baker just kind of had to go to the last state school left. I thought that was Baker's whole deal was that he wasn't recruited. Recruited both Kyler and Bryce Young, who won Heismans. It's just insane his eye luck of being around those guys. A lot of people recruited Bryce yeah, Young. No, you, yeah, you don't get credit for that. <laughs> they had an offer from every school in the country. Yeah. Well, he 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 was first to Bryce Young and Kyler, because Ky- Kyler went to A and M because he was recruited by uh, Cliff, and still a lot of people said that Kyler almost chose Texas Tech. You know, I've been saying this since he got to the league, mm-hmm. but LeBron James is going to be really good in the NBA. So obviously, as a talent evaluator, I'm elite in that respect because I've been saying that. That's kind of what's saying. I don't know why you're. He was recruiting Bryce Young and Kyler. Like, if if those were two star guys who happened to pan out in the NFL, okay. But why don't you just say, yeah, Cliff was a great quarterback guy. They're consensus five star recruits. Everybody wants them. You don't get credit for that. Well, not everybody wanted Baker Mayfield. (laughs) We didn't either. He was a walk on. (laughs) Uh, You also just, uh, who who said that? uh, I think Chase said that in, but. you also kind of ignored the final four or five years that Cliff didn't get another quarterback after Patrick. <laughs> right. He parlayed uh, a top 10 NFL draft yeah. pick into McLean Carter. Uh, yeah, no McLean, McLean Carter, Alan Bowman. Um, yeah, Jet Duffy, who was Mr. Texas football but did not pan out. Or Gatorade or whatever. Also, you didn't really need a quarterback. Offered, Cliff, Cliff offered Bryce Young with at 14. Cliff had a recruiting class with four defensive players in it total. Yeah. yeah. So the, oh, I'm not. there were other issues. I'm not, yeah. I'm just reading the chat, man. Uh, yeah, I know. I hear you. Uh, if you storm the field, you're the Texas Tech of your conference. On that. <laughs> Lots of hate on this field storming. Other fan bases are. But, but by who? Other fan bases. But did you hear the reaction? Okay, first of all. The 10,000 students on the field obviously were having a good time, right? Uh, Yeah. Did you read any? 10,000? Yeah. Students? Yeah. I don't know about 10,000. I mean, it's what, 16,000 capacity? You think two-thirds of them stayed? There are not 16,000 students at every game. That's the capacity of the student section. 
You think that's all students over there? I don't know. I think 10,000 is That'd reasonable. Okay, 8,000, is that okay? Four, five. Okay, five to 10,000. Okay. Well, we'll can, go can with I 10. continue with Let's this point? Let's go with 10, yeah. Did you read any interviews with the prospects? The 22,000 students that were on the field, yeah. Did you read any interviews with prospects who were here? Oh, they loved it. Loved it. Yeah. So, like, I don't care that some grumpy U of H fans, like, or, or Oklahoma fans in yes. our mentions. Yeah. Nice uh, field storming for a group of, like, okay. What does that, what does that matter? Well, and like the, you know what? And they're like, they tore down the goalposts. Like, no, they were mechanically lowered so that nobody could Well, that's what uh, Stuart Mandel was like, and the goalposts are down. And then he was like, they were like, oh no, they, they drilled those down. That's Stuart time. Mandel. So anyway, I, and I just think it's come, become more common. Like Chris, yeah. Chris Beard at Tech just had the students come onto the floor. It wasn't a court storming. Yeah, well, that that got out a few times last year. Oh, you you stormed the court. You were favored yeah. by twenty. No, so they did. They it invite Texas. them down to. But I think sing. that is yeah. becoming more like BYU did it as home favorites against Baylor like yeah. in the same night. First of all, if you're over and over and over just saying Texas Tech needs to have more fun, you need to have more fun at the Jones. You need to How make can the we Jones get the students to stay. How? Yeah. Offer them a chance to storm the field with a win. You can't storm the field if you don't stay. And that, all of those 22,000 students that stormed the field last Saturday, they're going to go tell all their friends, you missed out. And FOMO. Yeah, you'll see it all over Snapchat. Stories. FOMO is one of the biggest things in college. Uh, we call it FOMO now. When I was in college, it was peer pressure. <laughs> You're going to stay now. But Especially yeah. if the game is anywhere close. I used to be opinionated on when it's okay and not okay to, to rush the field or storm the court. And I think a lot of people just look at it through the lens of, was the opponent that you beat worthy of a court storm or field rush? No. But like, look at the other context. It was a ranked win, which a lot of those students probably haven't seen. None of them. Well, first time since 2019. It was Joey's first real win. Yeah. Anytime you went on the last play of the game... It's exciting. Even if you were yep. supposed to win by 20, if you pull it out at the last second, there's some excitement. So I'm like, yeah, whatever. If y'all want to go on the field, I don't care. Have fun. Do whatever you want. Uh, comments. Storm the damn field all you want. Show up. Get loud. Stay late. But, like, I would think it would be embarrassing if you were Alabama and you, like, stormed the field after beating Mississippi State. But you're not Alabama. Yeah, but— And let's not pretend to be. But it's, it's not that it's Alabama. It's Alabama who hasn't beaten a ranked team in two years, three years. Like, that just doesn't happen. They beat them a lot. That's what I'm saying. It would be weird for a team right. like Alabama who yeah. wins every game every year to storm the field. But for sure. It, I just don't care. You, you could – you know what? I hope Texas Tech storms the field four more times. If that becomes a tradition, if you win a home game, you storm the field, cool. I hope they beat Texas and storm the field. Hope they beat Baylor and storm the field. Don't hurt Patrick. Oklahoma's the other one. I guess just three more times. I don't know. You're not feeling you're please don't storm against Kansas. Or Neil Brown. Or Neil Brown. Even if you win on the last play of the game, no. Well, maybe, maybe if you win on the last play of the game. Uh I bet Saban would love it if the students stormed the field. I don't think he would. I don't think he would. Who knows? Act like you this program has been there before. I actually might like it. Uh, I love the students having fun. That's what it's about right now. Yeah. Let's have fun. Like the flip side of that, when I was a student, you beat number four West Virginia. 
the game was in hand for all 60 minutes. So it wasn't, it was the opposite. It was a highly ranked opponent. Right. But no compelling finish. Mm -mm. We're like, I was like, do we storm if we just won by 35? And the answer was yes. Like we did it. And so I was like, okay, let's go. I feel like it's one of those things that the levy breaks. I mean, you just, you just go. Yeah. Geno Smith, bigger than, better than uh, Russell Wilson. Yeah. Seahawks country, let's ride. Want to know? This off the, off the the stream here. Big 12 leader Kansas stormed the field. Hey, if they're in first place when they come here and you beat them, then sure, storm the field. Do you want to make some picks or do you have some props for uh, this game we have coming up? Oh, I don't have props. I forgot to make those, but I bet we could make some on the fly. Maybe let's do our Big 12 picks while I think of some of these. Okay. Do you have any other keys to the game, something you want to see? No, I, I again, I want to see Donovan. Uh, I do not want to see Donovan as involved. I don't. I don't want to throw it fifty-eight times um, and him run it twenty-one times. If he's going to throw it fifty-eight times, I would love to see um, twenty runs from Taj Brooks and Sarodrick. Twenty more runs. Um, I, I don't love throwing it to those two guys. You have a lot of receivers. Get them open. If you want to do a wide receiver screen, tunnel it. Bubble it, motion them, throw it to them across the field. Um, there's a lot of ways to do those screens without involving Sir Roderick Thompson. Uh, now, if you want to run him out to the sideline and throw it to him, he's proven very good at those. But him getting his head around and catching the ball and then turning around again is just not his skill set. He is really good at other things. I would like to see you force the issue with Taj. Yes. Even if the run blocking isn't great. I think he's a guy who needs 20 carries. Well, and with both of them, they, they can, as a unit, wear you down. But especially Taj. Yes. And well, yes. Again, I go back to that data point. Nobody ran the ball well against Houston. I mean, Donovan did on scrambles. On designed quarterback runs, he did not. Sir Roderick did not. Nobody from UTSA did. And yet Taj gets four and a half carries, or four and a half yards per carry on 18 carries. Like, well, why not 23 and let's take out five of those quarterback draws? So I think even if... Even if Taj is at 18 carries for 40 yards, you got another feed him one because he can make a play. Yes. Even if the blocking is great, he can get to the second level. Once he's there, his vision is so good. I would like to see you force the issue there instead of just going back to the well on a quarterback draw or another pass play if the pass pro isn't very good. I think that's the only thing I want to see. I want to see him move the pocket with Donovan. Some of the protection isn't there just to keep him on the move. But I think that's about it offensively, what I want to see. Okay. You want another one more thing some, to monitor? I have some props for you. Yeah, go ahead. Do you know how many sacks NC State accumulated versus ECU? Um, four. Zero. Wow. And this is a vaunted defensive front. That we think is going to be aggressive with Tony Gibson. Gives you confusing looks against a group of five offensive line. I'm not saying your offensive. I don't know if your offensive line is better than ECU's or not. Well, Maybe. even thinking back to West Virginia, it's it's not like they blitzed a bunch. They just they're covered sacks. But zero sacks is a number. And Eastern Carolina dropped back to pass 45 times. Wow. Zero sacks. Wow. So, again, is, is NC State maybe not as well equipped to capitalize on one of your deficiencies as they would like to be? I guess we'll see. Because, I mean, there's a huge gap between – not sacking a group of five team at all 
and Paris setting the American Athletic Conference record for single-game sacks on yeah. his own. Like, can we land somewhere in the middle there and be okay? Probably. But I guess you'll. Well, I guess we'll see which way that scale, uh, or which way that tips. All right, I've got some uh, action props. Do you okay. want to run through these? Yeah. There's not nearly as many as there were. I'm sure that'll populate before yeah. the game. Uh, the the only receiving props involve the opposing team. I'm not going to read those. I just want Texas Tech props here. A Taj Brooks rushing yards, 58 and a half. Evenly juiced. I'm going to say over because I think you need the over to be competitive in this game. I don't, I don't see a world where he has 57 and you're in a good spot. Donovan Smith, 271.5 passing yards. Let's make it 300 total. If it's total, I'll probably, I'll probably go over. How would you do on Donovan 300 total? I mean, he had 70 plays last week. 80. I mean, I, f- I feel like I need to go. I don't, I don't think he'll take as many sacks this week. I think you'll, you'll scheme that out a little bit. And I think just the offensive line will play better. We talked about scheming and adjustments and all that. Sometimes the adjustment is the team just plays better or a unit just plays better. Yeah, there's such a thing as having a bad game. Uh, passing touchdowns, Donovan Smith, one and a half. Uh, under is minus 110, uh, but you got to pay a little extra minus 125 to take the over. I actually think I'll take the under because I, I, I mean, I guess we'll get to our picks later, but I think this will be a low-scoring game. And so I don't, I don't foresee two passing touchdowns. I think if you're going to, Grind out some touchdowns in the in the red zone. Some of those would be rushing touchdowns, whether from Donovan or, or one of the backs. So I'll go under there. They've got Taj Brooks rushing touchdowns at .5. Over. And that's plus 120. Over. I, I would put multiple units on a Taj Brooks touchdown. I think so. Are you got our picks for us? Well, take us through the... Well, can I lay a couple props? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's keep going. More passing yards, Devin Leary or Donovan Smith? Uh, Leary, I... I mm, more passing yards. Man, immediately I wanted to say Leary. I, I'll lean Donovan, I think, actually. I think I'm going to say Leary. Not crazy. You're saying Donovan, though? Yeah, I think so. Just... Let's just do it. Okay. Uh, turnover margin, one and a half in NC State's favor, over or under? Under. So you think Tech will keep it like NC State plus one or even? I think it be even, favor? yeah. Okay, even. even. Maybe, maybe one in either direction. I don't think – I mean, if it's if it's two in either direction, that team won. I think it'll be a close game. Like I said, North Carolina State did not sack ECU once. Was Donovan sa- sacked six times against Houston? Is that right? I, yeah, a lot. Over or under three and a half NC State sacks? I think that's going to be a major point of emphasis this week. Um I'll say under. I mean, maybe eat a couple. 
eat, eat three and a half. Of course, you can push on a three and a half. Well, no, you can't because you have whole sacks if you're getting sacked. Yeah, team sacks. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Uh, as a, I'll give a hopeful under. A hopeful under. I think the offensive line plays better. I'm going to say over. Kind of as an emotional hedge. Until it doesn't, yeah. It, it was so bad. It wasn't like... Yeah. I mean, yes, Houston's front seven played well, but also your offensive line was not even extremely competitive. Yeah. That's all I have for prop bets. So now we'll go across the Big 12 here. Um, I know this kind of gets in the way of uh, the prediction. But they've got 11.5 points per game. Um, Who has their defense? Half? They gave up tw- uh, oh. 20, 20, what? 21, and they didn't give up any. They 22, gave up 20, 23, uh, whatever it they was. They gave up 20 to ECU and 3 to okay. Charleston. Um, but let's just say the ECU total over under tech points scored 20 and a half, 19 and a half over. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I'll give a final score prediction at the, yeah. So we haven't done a, uh, I guess we did a final score prediction for Houston. So we'll get there. Yeah. 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 Okay. Let's start in the big 12. The other, you know, not a lot of really close lines this week. You've got a few that are in the 10 point range. We'll start with Oklahoma. Going to Lincoln, Nebraska to face a head coachless Cornhuskers squad. 11 point spread, total 66 and a half. What do you think? Um, so I got some foresight here. That line opened at minus four and a half before the season. Okay. Um, days before the season, I took some games into the season. Uh, and I took Oklahoma minus five. Looks like a great bet. You know, I'm a huge new, co- new coach bump guy. Yeah, huge. Uh, 11 still seems fairly small in Norman. I think it's in Lincoln, right? Uh, oh, this one is in Lincoln. Mm, still yeah, such a... Lincoln. I don't know. I'd probably, I'd probably lean under here, and not take the, not take the line at all. This one opened at sixteen on circa, and then moved quickly. So Are I'm you fading the movement. I'm fading the steam, and I think eleven is just too low. I mean, Nebraska is obviously not a good team, right? I think if Oklahoma wins this game by twenty-eight, I think that makes some kind of statement. Nobody's blinking. Yeah, and they want to. I mean, it's still a rivalry game, right? So they want to win that. I'm taking OU on this one. Game of the century, part two. Next one, Baylor coming off loss to BYU. They're favored by 30 against Texas State, who is dreadful. They're awful. Total's 53. I'm I'm laying the 30 points. I think Baylor needs a bounce-back game. I think they want and need to see improvement from their offense. So I could see some of their starters getting reps late into the game. And Texas State is just horrible. If there was a first-half line as well, I'd probably – I don't know what that would be. Probably like Baylor minus 17 or so. Uh, yeah, it's Baylor minus 17 and a half. I'm, I'm tempted to take that as well. Yeah, uh, I, I'll hammer the over, and I think you'll you'll have some uh, motivated Bears. Uh, this game's going to look a lot more like Albany – than it did at BYU. 
That's what I think. And they scored, what, 59? 69? Yeah, 63, 62. I don't know. I think they scored the most. A lot. So I think it was 69 and you scored 63. Whatever it was. Ohio visits our friends in Ames. Cyclones favored by 18. The total only 47 and a half. I actually, foolishly, I guess, took the over at 49 earlier today on action. I was falling a point and a half. I'm not too worried about that. Yeah. The reason why I'm doing this, Iowa State 0-2 versus the over so far this season. 2-3? That number's going to keep going down. I, I, I mean, they're going to go over eventually, right? If you think so, though, uh, but the public's going under, wouldn't you try to get that line a little sharper? I mean, it's already dropped a point and a half. Yeah, I might. I mean, at this point, wouldn't you wait until Saturday probably on that one? And take another unit on the over? Or at least try to catch it at the dip. Yeah, I might. Because if it evens out at 45, maybe. Ohio's uh, pass defense is dreadful, like ranked in the triple digits. So I Now, this one has closed up a bit at plus 18. It opened at 21 and a half. Taking the clones? Um <laughs> I don't I don't like I don't like the line or the number. Uh yeah, I'll take the clones. Minus eighteen. Um I would lean under. You're leaning over. Yeah, I'm going over. Okay. Going over on the next one too. Two lane at Kansas State. Wildcats favored by fourteen. Total is only forty seven and a half, so it's the same total as Ohio, Iowa State. I got it at 46.5 earlier today on action. Mm. Uh, and Kansas State is also 0 and 2 versus the over. So Tulane is 2 and 0. 2 and 0 lane. 2 and 0 lane. Uh, they beat Alcorn State 52 to nothing. And then they beat UMass 42 to 10. Tulane is a school in the last couple of years who has gotten up to play Power 5 programs. But they're not very good. Um, but I think there's a reason this line moves two and a half points in the first couple of days toward Kansas State or away from Kansas State, however you want to word it. But it started at 16 and a half. It's now at 14 even. If this got to 13 and a half, I'd hammer Kansas State. Um, at this point, I'll take the over and, and wait for the line to get sharp. If it gets any closer to Kansas State, I will take Kansas State. K-State hasn't really allowed a touchdown this season. No, but but I think Tulane maybe can score a couple. Missouri scored a touchdown, but it was because Eli Dorkwitz called a timeout with five seconds left to yeah. run another play. Yes, Dorkwitz but is a great name. Mizzou had six points, both field goals to that point. And then yeah. uh, K-State, I think, held South Dakota to three points in their opener. So they basically gave up three field goals in 120 minutes of football. Not against stellar competition. I mean, Mizzou's a Power 5 team. Mm -hmm. Tulane is not. So Tulane's going to have to do some of the work here to get to the over. But also at some point, K-State is going to give up a touchdown. So if, if Tulane can get to 14, yeah, 17 by themselves, then, sure. you know, if the K-State offense is rolling. I'm in. Future Big 12 game. Well, hold on. Yep. What? There's not a consensus on there, but Towson, West Virginia does have a line at one book. What's that? 37. I'm not going to make you make a pick because it's not consensus. Yeah. Uh, 37 and a half, and then the total 53 and a half. I would never bet on this game. Or Towson 2 and 0. Oh. 
West Virginia 0 and 2. I mean, the dynamics are just so hard anytime you've got F or Power 5 especially versus FCS. Yeah. And then you're dealing with a team that just lost to Kansas that probably has a lame duck coach, a team that doesn't believe anymore. Are they way better than Towson at every position? Yeah, I'm sure they are. 37 and a half points is a lot though. It's like if they're a really tough team, maybe they bounce back and win by 52. I might sprinkle the over at 53 and a half. I think, Give that, up a couple touchdowns. I think that would probably be the only play I might consider making okay. in a game like that. All right, carry on. Uh, the Jayhawks, uh-huh. alone in first place at the top of the Big 12, are going to Houston. They're nine-and-a-half-point dogs. Total is 57. Can Kansas keep this going, or do you think Houston bounces back from the tech loss? So I have said this trend a billion times. I do think Houston bounces back. Um, but kind of autoplay at this point, Kansas opponent and the over. Um, I'm going to play it all year. I'm going to play it in all 12 games. And after the last three seasons, it's hit 60% of the time. The over hit last week, I'm very comfortable in all of the overs Kansas plays at. I don't care if it gets to 70 because I have full faith in Jalen Daniels as the best Daniels in the country at quarterback, um, their running back, Neil, has scored like five times and five carries or something crazy. Five times and 12 carries or whatever it is. They have a couple of wide receivers. The defense is not good. Except for the pick six to end the West Virginia game. Did you see Lance Leipold's answer about Nebraska? That was not a no. It, far from it. Yeah. That was that was a long, long way from a denial. You would think there would be a uniform response for these guys by now. Yeah. And I guess there kind of is like, yeah, you know, I'm focused on this season, but that that doesn't do anything to squash the rumors. And winning two games, three games at Kansas is an improvement. Uh, but it also shows, hey, this guy guy can do it. He might want to interview before he has to play the rest of the Big 12 games. Maybe. Does he lose shine if he loses eight in a row to end the year? Their last four games against Power 5 competition, two and two, with a road win in Austin and a road win in Morgantown. Their two losses were by one possession. Yeah, I, you've said that know. just as much as I've said their betting trends. Yeah. I mean, I just think it's not like, yeah, they beat up on Tennessee oh, Tech. Oh, they're not crazy. It's not crazy. I don't think it's a, like, okay, yeah, they got up to beat Texas. Texas was horrible last year. So it's, it's not just that. You're betting on Kansas this week? Plus no. nine and a half? No, they're 2-0 oh against the spread, so I think that's going to okay. come back down. I also think the public perception, people are a little too high on Kansas. It's still Kansas. Houston has not covered yet. I get, uh, Yeah, they covered, depending on where you got the line, they covered against Tech. But yeah, I just think playing in Houston... They need a bounce back game. They need a good yeah. performance, and and they're not going to take Kansas as lightly as did you watch teams the, in the past have. Did you watch the bad beats segment? No, but I heard that we for were Texas on it. Tech. Yeah, he had it. He had it on the screen as a sixty-two total, yeah. which you bust by one on the touchdown, and he also had a two and a half Houston or Texas Tech, whichever oh, way it was. Yeah. So yeah, I've, I've actually got Houston in this one. All right, there is actually a line for Arkansas Pine Bluff. Oklahoma State as well. Both teams 2-0. There's not a line, but there's a total. Um, Arkansas Pine Bluff beat... It says they're 2-0, but they only has one win here. And it's a school called Lane. 
I can't see the rest of it. Uh, the total is 61 and a half. Will mm-hmm. Arkansas Pine Bluff score enough to get to 61 and a half? Because Oklahoma State's been scoring. Yeah, I don't know. Well, they struggled a little bit late or in the middle against Arkansas State or Arizona State. I would not take a I would not take either. No, me neither. Okay, back to the real games, if you'll allow me, because nobody cares about Pine Bluff real or Towson. Games. UTSA getting 12 and a half versus Texas, who I guess is on their third string quarterback. From all accounts today, Hudson Card is going to play. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, but he's limping and is in a boot. Total is 60 and a half. I'm on the Roadrunners. I think 12 and a half is one of those lines to try to bait you into picking Texas because most people assume they'll win by two touchdowns. Right. Texas 2 and 0 against the spread, banged up quarterback room. Give me the Roadrunners. This, this is UTSA Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, it, it says it opens at 12 and a half. It actually opened before the season. I got it at 13 and a half. So, and I'll take the under. Okay. 60 and a half. I, I mean, I think it could be 24 to 17 late. I Somebody took, scores a touchdown. I took the over at 61 earlier today. I don't remember why I did that, but I did. Uh, last one, Tech versus NC State, the big one. Uh, this one is pretty much over around 10. Some places 9.5, some places 10.5. Snagged it at 10.5 earlier in the week. This one, you're talking about where the lines open during the offseason, 14 to 17 at various books. I know, I missed it. Moved almost a touchdown in Tech's favor based on probably in part NC State's performance versus ECU and also probably in part your performance versus Murray State and Houston. Total is 54.5, pretty low total for a Tech game. I mean, that's lower than Kansas versus Houston. It's about there with Texas State, Baylor. You know, it's lower than Texas UTSA. It's lower than Oklahoma, Nebraska. A little bit curious. You know, they're curious. And I, I think a lot of people are going to take the over. I'm, I'm taking the under. I think both offenses, I won't say struggle, I don't see it as a fast-paced, high-scoring game. No, me neither. I'm, I'm pretty confident in the 10. I would love it at 10.5 if I could get the hook. I took the under at 55 earlier today on action. Yeah. Rob, I'm, I'm strangely confident. My score prediction is 27-24 Red Raiders. I think NC State is a good team. I don't think they're unbeatable. It's going to be a tough environment. I think if Texas Tech plays well, if they scheme well, if Donovan takes care of the ball, I think you can win this game. I'd, I'd be disappointed if it's not a competitive game in the fourth quarter. If NC State beats you by 14 or 17, I'll be a little bit disappointed. Uh, more than a little. I think if you're in it at the end, though, I like this team's toughness. If your quarterback is a gamer, if you're the toughest, hardest-working, most competitive team in the country, yeah, if you believe go in the show brand, it on the road against yeah. the top 20 team. Let's do it. I you're what plus two eighty or so on the money line. Yep. So I mean this this is a pretty bold prediction. But I, I do think I think Texas Tech has a at plus two eighty, I like that. You know I'm a big proponent of the score predictive matrix that I use. You've both played a cupcake. You've both played a group of five team right under you. So I'm fairly confident in looking at the matrix and making a conclusion. I think your offense is a little better. 
I think their defense is a little better. Um, maybe not because of the athletes that they have. I think you have some pretty good athletes, but a bunch of returning starters. They know the scheme. There's no questions. But totals, right? Looking at the score totals, it's about 60, 59 and a half to 58. You divide it by two. It's a very close game. Um, generally, I would just say who I think is going to win and then pick that. But I'll take the under. Under 54. Simpatico. And I'm going to be very snug and say you probably play a little bit under both of these, throwing out the first game a little more. But my score feels very close to yours. What did you say, 24-21? I said 27-24. I think I'll go 24-21. I think I'll go right under you. And I think you you might even see 21-17. I don't think it's going to be a rough-and-tumble crazy game. That's not their MO. Um, that is what the MO you want, but it was not the MO you showed against Houston. And I think Donovan's still going to be a little maybe confused at times. I mean, hell, we saw Patrick Mahomes get confused by this guy. So I'll go 24-21 and uh, not even kiss. That's pretty, pretty far under. I would love to see for the first time in the McGuire era complimentary football. Yeah. If it is a close game and you can run the ball somewhat effectively, let's play keep away from their star quarterback. Yeah. Let's put the game in our offense. Let's play some ball control. Let's go on yeah. a six minute drill. You're hitting the sticks. You're you're getting the screen game. You're Donovan's most comfortable at anyway, it seems. Yeah. Let's and, run the ball. Let's throw those ten yard outs. And you're running that uh, it's not a rub, but it basically is because you get the stacked formation and you're kind of running the double slant. It, kind of a levels run if you're a Madden guy. Um, but out of a stack, it, that's how Miles Price scored. Because you run them both straight out, and then they both turn right, and no one can be on Miles Price because it was a stack. It's it's a built-in levels. It's awesome. Let's say our score prediction comes true and Tech wins by three, whether uh-huh. that's 31-28, 21-17. Sure. They, let's say they win by three or four. Yeah, 54-51. Yeah, however it comes. 49-46. Six to three. Sure. Three to nothing. Man, if you win six to three. Over under Texas Tech is ranked 20, 22nd and a half. Over. You think they'll be ranked? Yeah, I think it'll be like 25 if they're ranked. Oh, I think they'll definitely be ranked. If you gave me just a prop bet, yes, no, will they be ranked? Absolutely. A ranked matchup Texas, Texas Tech. And I swear to God, Texas Tech media team, if you don't build this as the final game in Lubbock, I will write a letter. How how could you not be ranked if you go on the road and beat the number 16 team in the country a week after beating the number 25 team in the country? Nobody else, uh, very few teams have a ranked win. If you have two ranked wins and you're yeah. 3 and 0 and Texas the team you play next is 2 and 1 and they're ranked, how are you not ranked? Uh um, they have a quality loss. I mean, you, you know yeah. my thoughts on quality losses from basketball season. Honest answer, I don't want to be ranked. Give me till week five. Just, just, I want to be the dog, man. And I think if you, if you beat NC State and Texas with a injured quarterback struggles against UTSA home game, you might even be favored against Texas. 
depending on the health of the quarterbacks. That'll be an interesting opening line, depending on how Saturday goes. I mean, if it's both teams. if it's the second half and Roshan Johnson is having to play quarterback and he hadn't played quarterback in three years and it's the Wildcat basically and it's just him and Bijan and then Xavier Worthy's like the only way he's getting it is if you're throwing it deep. By the way, Roshan Johnson murdered Tech, I believe, with just um, play action passes the whole game. Yeah, was that Roshan? We, we will we'll preview Texas next week. Well, I'm just saying for UTSA, and if you can do that, but I think if you're looking at it and they either lose or play a close game, you you certainly could be looking at a, a favored matchup this weekend. Something else our friend Tech Hoops guy noted. I just noted that the line has been from the offseason in your favor by n- nearly a touchdown, depending on where you looked. <coughs> He's noted that in the first two weeks – the opening line has actually moved um, like sharp action was on Texas tech. And I think there's in politics, there's this expression that like polling never fully catches up to the momentum. Like the polling is where the race was a week ago. You'll never have a sna- an accurate snapshot of today mm-hmm. unless the votes are cast today. Mm-hmm. I think there's a similar phenomenon in, in odds making and sports betting. Pe- the public isn't going to realize tech is better than the odds makers pegged them before the season until it's too late, quote unquote. So what I think is too late week six or you're saying like well, the I, whole season, if you beat a through. team like NC state, right. Okay. Or come out of the gates four and one against the spread in your first five games, or right, something right, right. like that, you would have only profited from that. Then you might overcorrect. Had you bet on tech the first five weeks. So I think that the 10 points, I think it could be behind the curve in terms of, the trajectory, I think, okay. like after the game is played or six weeks from now, if you played them again in Raleigh, the line would be closer than 10 is what I'm getting at with the same guys lining up. Okay. And it, it's strange, dude. I, ne- I did not think before the season I was going to predict this as a win. I know it's a small sample size looking at this team and looking at NC State this year, but I, I think they're beatable. I don't see anything that they do that just doesn't match up well with what you're trying to do. And where I think, yeah, you know, it's just going to be too much. And it is going to be a, a rowdy atmosphere, first road game for a lot of these guys. Yeah, you but know, you I, look I, at I Donovan's know. last two games on the road, it's Baylor and it's um, the the bowl game. Yeah, unless he's played go, in Norman. Unless like, you go true road and it's Norman and He's seen some stuff Baylor, yeah. for a guy who's only going to make his sixth career start. But, man, I just, dude, I get so freaking hyped watching Donovan clips, even in a game where he struggled a little bit. But you've caught up to me on my Donovan. And I just like Taj. Dude, if that game if that game was five quarters, you would have fed Taj the ball twelve times in the fifth quarter. And he would have just like it was about to break. Um so I want to see some of that. And I think both your running backs can do that. I'm I'm still in on Sirodrick. I know a lot of people are all in on Taj, and I am too. I think both of your quarterbacks should be used a lot in the second half, fourth quarter. Running backs? What did I say? You said both quarterbacks? Both running backs. Okay. I do not want to see Baron Morton throw another block. <laughs> I know that much. You don't like Baron Morton at tight end? H-back? No. Yeah. Whatever it was, no. You have three quality tight ends that just as good. I Better. Maybe I'm just way too hyped up on McGuire and Donovan and Kitley and all that, but I did not see myself picking you to win straight up as a 10-point dog on the road, but 
that no. that's my honest opinion. And I'm not going to sit here and try to hedge and lie to everybody like, yeah, it's going to be tough. You're going to lose by two touchdowns. I don't believe that. So I can't sit here and say it. No, and I really – I don't feel as good as you do. I probably should say uh, NC State 24, Texas Tech 21. But you kind of got me going, so I'll trail you. I'll trail you with the money line. And, you know, hey, I might feel different in a couple weeks if the, if the O-line issues don't ever fix themselves – and the defense starts getting exposed again, and we think Houston was kind of the anomaly, then maybe I'll – like, I'm not just going to sit here and say Texas and go 12-0. and I'm not going to pick us every week. But, again, all I can do is be honest. And after looking at it, that's that's what I think, even though it's going against the grain a little bit. Are you finding a, a tribute to North Carolina to play us out on? Uh, North Carolina band tribute to Texas, actually. Oh, okay. Final thoughts? Uh, final thoughts, thank you to Cardinals, Diversified Lenders, and Rahino Barbecue. Check out uh, their socials, websites, all that good stuff. Great local businesses to patronize. If you're coming back for the Texas game, if that's your first one this season, gear up at Cardinals. They've got Gaucho's merch, Texas Tech merch, local high schools, uh, pretty much the whole spectrum. So that's all I got, man. We'll take a few questions from the Discord mailbag. If you want access to our Discord server, become a Parlay Picador on Patreon. That's where you can access interviews like the aforementioned interview with Sonny Cumbie. We also talked to Cody Campbell, Matt Mooney, Fardaz Amac, Dusty Womble. Some great stuff in there. The Discord is always a good time. And you can send us questions to answer on the podcast through the Discord server. So let's get to a few of these we kind of touched on this a little bit already, Rob, but yeah. which is the most likely outcome for this week's game? Tech wins with defense or with offense? Yeah, I, I mean, I would say a 24-21 win, if it happens, is a defensive win. So I would say defense. Me too. Though timely offense, I think, is going to be Donovan's calling card. Cringiest tradition for every Big 12 school? Uh, Riff Ram. You know what's funny about that is some of them tried to chirp and like, you know, you guys throw tortillas. You shouldn't be talking. I'm like, yeah. that's not weird or embarrassing. Tortillas is cool, yeah. Or cringy. Like it's yeah. it's unusual, I guess. Like it's random, right. but it's yeah. not I don't see the students throwing tortillas. I'm like, oh God, look away, that's so embarrassing. So I don't people think that's such a big own. Like throw's like, oh, throw another tortilla. Why don't you? It's like, okay. Okay. I, yeah, I, I will. will. Yeah. Um, Oklahoma State's is just copying all of ours. Yeah, and the paddles I really don't like. It's just because I don't like it. It's annoying, which just probably means it's good. I think the Baylor line is kind of dorky. Yeah. It's like, look at these nerds running onto the field. Mm-hmm. Um, Iowa State, is the bridge, has that reached tradition? Do they have, like, I, I honestly don't know a lot of... Storms coming? I guess. The worst traditions, I think, for Texas Tech is saying we will hit them, we will wreck them, we will effing kick their butts. I don't like the two bits, four bits chant. That's a little bit. But that's everywhere. That's not really a tradition. It's a little bit 1950s. Well, and that's Wabash Cannabomb, too, saying F Kansas. Yeah. That's crazy. Oh, I will say this. It's not a tradition. Uh, tech fans, this is the cringiest thing that tech fans do. Bringing up Texas outside of yes. when they should be brought up. Yeah. The the reading the Texas score while you're struggling with Houston 
and cheering louder than a lot of the Houston moments because it was really cringy because they they lost lost to Alabama number one team in the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that's cringy. But there, dude, there are tech fans like that. that They would probably rather see Texas lose than Tech win, and that makes no sense to me. No, that's not uh, me. Couldn't be me. Top NFL prospects from Tech aside from Tyree Wilson. I think Taj is an NFL guy. I think Taj. I think Austin McNamara. Austin McNamara. Um, Rashad Williams. I think would have a shot just based on Rashad, measurables. Rashad. Um, uh, Muddy Waters. Mike can go get a camp invite somewhere. Offensively, Dram Bradley. I'd like to see him in two years. I would like to see Sparkman, Cleveland, all in two years. That nobody's jumping off the page right now, except for maybe. Jerram Bradley would be the because Price probably just doesn't have the measurables for it. I wonder if Krishan Merriweather is. I wonder if he has the lateral quickness to to make it. He's the number one rated linebacker in the country, and I would not have assumed that. Uh, That's actually the next question. Krishan Merriweather is the best linebacker in America. Some are saying true. Uh, He's the best run uh, run stuffing linebacker. Yeah, if you believe PFF. I also don't love Tyree Wilson in coverage. There was a couple of times he was in coverage and was not really in a good position. I, you almost got a, a pick on thing. it one time. Yeah, was he thrown away from Tyree Wilson, or was that just an awful pass? I think he was confused at the look. Okay, well then keep doing it. I mean, if you do it five times a game, I'm okay with that. If he rushes the other 70 sure. plays. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. How back is Texas after losing to Alabama? That one's timely. Speaking of... <laughs> Uh, a lot of them did seem to perceive that Texas is back, folks. as a moral victory. Yeah, there's a lot of that going there on. There were some tweets in the fourth quarter like, hey, win or lose, this is a win for Texas. And a good friend of mine said, after that game, I think we'll win every Big 12 game. Sure. Go for it. Sark said they just ran out of time. That's so beard, that so aggy. So beard. so beard. BYU, Baylor doing numbers in that late spot is incredibly— oh, read or write. Huh? Read or write. Okay, numbies in that late spot is incredibly positive for the Big 12 and future media rights conversations, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I meant to pull some other data, but... I think all those numbers, and that's something we can do on a weekend where we're not trying to do a huge preview, but... There have been some other crossover, like Oklahoma State played in Corvallis in 2019. It drew a good number for FS1 in that late night slot. Texas versus... Or excuse me, Texas Tech versus Arizona State both times was a good number versus Arizona was a good number. I think you've demonstrated by this point that several of those teams could go play in the mountain time zone. Yeah. As long as it's against a quality opponent like a BYU, Utah, Arizona, and get a good number. When speaking of... Colorado TCU got over a million in that. That was a Friday night, but still. Well, and speaking of Friday nights, if you play in those kind of irregular windows, Louisville, UCF... Yeah, 1.8 million. Yeah, it was the the highest rated ESPN2 Friday night game in... Ten years? Something like that, yeah. Six years? Whatever it was. Yep. So, hey, maybe it is good for the Big 12 to play that Thursday night before anyone else does. Play the Friday night game where you're having some Power 5 competition in a window that's normally group of five. When the counter argument that, like, the Pac-12 folks would say is like, oh, well, Oregon versus USC is never on in that late night window because it gets a more primetime slot. This is not a shot at... Baylor or BYU, because I think those are strong programs, but those probably aren't also the two highest rated in the new Big 12. Like, no. Especially if Texas Tech was ranked in the top 15, top 10, like Baylor was. 
or like a holy war game between Utah and BYU. I basically think that outcome could be duplicated with a number of other teams playing in that time slot. Whereas, yes, duplicated, sure. Not, the maybe not surpassed, but... The Pac-12 without USC and Oregon yeah. obviously has not ever duplicated that number in the last six years. What was it? The highest rated since 2016 yes. in that yeah. window? Oh, yeah, that's what it was. That was six years. The other one was a decade. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. And again, if you're a if you're a, a recruiting head coach like Joey McGuire, you don't want to play on Friday nights because you can't invite kids and you can't go watch. Uh, but if it's one in a season and it's a road game, sign me up. If, if you play one every other year in Lubbock, yeah. and it means you get considerably more TV money. Fine. If you could do Thursday at home, maybe every other year, and then Friday on the road every other year, oh. I'm I'm in for that so hard. I was looking back at some footage of the 2013 Tech versus TCU game because I was doing some homework on a historical tidbit mm-hmm. and that stadium was completely full on a Thursday night. So I, I don't think it would negatively impact your crowd too much. Yeah, there is a recruiting component, but if it's Thursday, they can still go out on Friday and recruit. They can go watch somebody else. On I think it's even better because you're not trying to prepare for the game tomorrow. If you played on Thursday, which team is hindered more by their quarterback injury tech or Texas, Texas. I think so too. I think, I think your backup is a dog. Yeah, I I thought before the season Donovan was better. Um, I I think Card and Ewers are probably similar, but handicapping the odds that different pack schools join the Big Twelve. I'll put it to you this way: Arizona, Arizona State, even odds. Will they join the Big Twelve? I would hammer Arizona. I would not hammer Arizona even odds, but close. Yeah, I think they'll come together probably, yes. Uh, Utah and Colorado, if I gave you plus 150. I was thinking 200, but yeah, I would probably lean on that. Oregon, Washington, if I gave you plus 300. Well, we have the Matador report. Did you see this from Level? Yeah, we don't have to talk about that. Okay. I think it's... Uh, No, I would not... At plus 300, you would? No, it would probably be like 500 before I even... Okay. Yeah. And then... You wouldn't take any number on like Stanford and Cal, Oregon State, Washington State. I would probably, I would be closer to Stanford than anyone else. I do think they're they have value. They hold value, um, especially in some secondary sports. They would strengthen the conference. That's not really what matters, um, especially if you're a football league in five years, which I think is going to happen. You'll have a football league and then a conference. Um, but sure, I, I would put plus 500 maybe on Stanford. I don't think I would. I think Oregon, Washington, maybe if the, if the four corners join and it was just like, Hey, you, you're not getting a big 10 invite, then right. I don't know what else they would do. I think they would hate it, but, um, that might've been it. Let me see if there's anything else from the discord mailbag. Yeah, that's it. Cool. Final thoughts? Nope. Love y'all. That's what I'll start a baby That's what I'll